Welcome to the Tuesday Night Podcast, episode three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's three. It's weird because we did a zero, and so I'm off. My name is SBJ, and with me today... I'm Alan Gerding. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry. And with me today is Alan. Hey. Alan Gerding. That's me. That's you. No Sean today. Yeah, yeah. He was busy. He asked if he could sit this one out. So I said, sure. Unacceptable. Yeah, I think that's going to be his his uh, rigmarole. If he's really busy, he's got to do it. He's a busy guy. <laughs> I like think we all are. Not that yeah, yeah, his yeah. crap smells worse than ours. But yeah, yeah I, I think yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. So uh, we are recording this uh, on Thursday. We, well, this, this has been our, our normal recording p- pattern. We record on Thursday, and then we, we the plan is to release episodes every Tuesday. Uh, today was a little bit of a exciting day because our the podcast itself actually showed up in iTunes. Yeah, which was exciting and unexpected because sometimes iTunes takes a really long time to approve your show, and sometimes it doesn't. And in this case, they approved it in a couple hours, and so I was kind of scramble. I I didn't tell you this earlier. I was kind of scrambling to like get the show a little bit promoted because I wasn't expecting to do it until next week. I think it's because iTunes thought the show was so cool. They're like, "Oh yeah, this is this is a home run. Let's uh, let's approve <laughs> right. this right away." Uh, I I didn't even I wasn't expecting it because you said, "Hey, it's up," and I was like, "Oh, cool. Wait, what? Awesome. <laughs> Wait, should I tell people about this? Because this wasn't originally part of the plan. We were going to do a bunch of episodes first, and you said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah promote it." Yeah, the, the the plan was to have three episodes in iTunes when it launched. We have two. We have uh, while we're recording this, there will be three because I'm I'm publishing the other one uh, tomorrow. But yeah, uh, it was very exciting. The last time I released a podcast in iTunes was like four years ago, and so it was just it was almost like when when you start dating again, and you're just oh, like, tell me about it. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Our first moments together <laughs> and how this went down. If you're listening to this, maybe this is your first episode. Uh, this is the Tuesday Night Podcast. Uh, I already said my name is SBJ. I have Alan with me. And this is a podcast about board games or tabletop games. Real quick thing about me is uh, I run a Pokemon podcast called It's Super Effective. And that's kind of where I am in this mix of how this podcast came together. Uh, Alan did something way more exciting and actually published no. a game. Keep stopping it, you. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's more exciting in the aspect of it fits the 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 topic of our. That's yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because I, I, was, I was I think you're really underselling yourself because you've done some kickstarters and things like that. All I did was design a game with Sean McCoy. Some people would argue we didn't publish it very well, but uh, <laughs> here we are. Two rooms and a boom. Uh, two over two years later after inception, but two years of publishing process, whatever. Um, but yeah, we uh, made two rooms and a boom, and we're making other games. Russian roulette's the next one. Can't wait. And you have a can I can I say this? You have a Kickstarter for that coming soon, right? Soon, we're hoping. We originally wanted it to be in November, but again, Sean's not here because Sean's busting his rump trying to get things done. So we're hoping. 
holiday season. That's what we're saying. Uh, we're hoping for, definitely 2015 for the for the Kickstarter to go up or for the whole thing. For the Kickstarter to go up for a world championship Russian roulette, yeah, okay. absolutely. By Anthony Birch, so a really cool guy. He does the uh, YouTube show. Hey Ash, what you playing? He also wrote Borderlands, Borderlands Two. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if you knew that. SPJ. No, no, no. It's new you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen a show? Hey Ash, what you playing? Uh, I am aware of it uh, because this, uh, it does Pokemon stuff. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's weird how the Venn diagram of things, how they cross over. Small world. Small world. But yeah, uh, but that's video games. Yeah, and we're here to talk about tabletop games. We are, we are. We uh, we plan on starting every episode with uh, a segment. We, we've renamed it like four times since this podcast. And we may rename it again. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're, na- we're naming it Table Talk. And then insert audio music here. So table table talk is just fancy for what you've been playing. Yeah, we called it what you've been playing. I've got to tell you, good segue music, by the way. I really <laughs> like your segue music. So, and again, the joke is just for the listeners, we're editing it in. I say we, but I mean SBJ haven't even heard it yet. <laughs> but I did get to hear it in episode one, and it was good. It was tight. Yeah. I like it, man. Yeah, a little, it's, a little jazz. Yeah, it's you do good work. I'm really glad because <laughs> I didn't know what our first episode would listen to or sound like. And yeah, I don't. Good. I don't even think you. I, I'm. I'm. I'll, I'll gloat for a little bit. I'm really. I really like the uh, the intro music that I picked, and I don't think you heard it prior to that. But I, I spent a lot of time just trying to like figure out how to make it the right length and when to fade out and it was just stupid stuff. But yeah. Uh. Well, should we go on with uh? Uh, table talk. That's what we're calling it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to start or sure if you want to, uh, what have I been playing lately? Whew, man, what haven't I been playing is more important question. I've played a lot in the last week, but one of the games I've been playing, uh, we played some code names again, but I played monikers and I think we talked about monikers before, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We talked about it a little bit last week. Yeah, so I was invited to this housewarming party, and the weird thing is, now within my group of associates, when I say associates, I mean even friends of my wife, they say, hey, could Alan come to our party and host some games? So I have my staple icebreaker gateway games, and so Monikers was one of them. So we played Monikers, we played Code Names, but we also played Woo Wee, and I'm not sure if we've talked about Woo Wee yet. Like Woo W-E-E? W O O W E E. Woo wee! Okay, okay, okay. All right. So we talked about this, and I think we're going to have the segment later on about listener feedback. But one of the things we talked about in episode one is do we describe the games instead of just going into it? But the beautiful thing is, you have no idea what Woo Wee is. So I have to describe it to you. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So you're forced to. I'm forced to. Otherwise, we'd I... have a very one sided conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's like this. Have you ever played the game Jungle Speed? Yes. Jungle yeah, Speed? Yeah. Okay. So here is my quick pitch for what Wooey is. You want to get rid of your cards because everyone starts with a deck of cards. What happens is everyone gets to play simultaneously, which is the really unique aspect of this speed game. Everyone flips over the top card of their deck. Each card has a saying you're supposed to do, like thumbs up, and you have to say what it says thumbs up then you have to do the action that is illustrated on the card 
For instance, in the thumbs up example, you have to do two thumbs up. There's other ones like Home Alone where you have to slap your face and there's like moosey moose, you gotta put your hands up like antlers. And that's what you do. Everyone does that at the same time. And if yours matches anyone else's around the table, you have to slap the center BAM card because in the center of the table, there's a card that says BAM, right? The cool thing is if nobody's matches, everyone's cards go into the center in a spiral formation. So now in further rounds, if your card matches someone else's, you have to do all of the center cards in the middle of the table racing to the BAM. So now if I say something like, uh, <laughs> Uh, rock'em sock'em and someone else says rock'em sock, sock sock'em man I'm stumbling all over the place I go oh crap I just matched someone else uh moosey moose thumbs up home alone bam and I have to slap the middle card so it's crazy it's zany it burns some calories it gets really exciting and the cool thing is the worse you are at the game the more experience you get because you're in the game longer and one of the cool things about the game is when you get out so you run out of cards, you still get to play because as soon as you are out of the game, you choose a judge card, which changes the rules of the game. For instance, now when people bam, they have to hit with their left hand or people have to twirl bam. Before they hit bam, they have to spin in a 360 and bam. And anytime someone doesn't do your rule, you get to call them out and you get a point. So the whole object of the game is get out as quick as you can so you can get a judge card so you can totally make it harder for the people that are still in and reap the benefits of them messing up. And that's Wu Wee. Uh, and I'm not surprised you haven't heard of it yet because it's not published. <laughs> okay. This is totally self-promoting because it's a game I designed and we have it on print and play. At the very least, it's gonna be up on our website for print and play. We offered it before. Uh, we took it down as we were getting more popular just because of loss in translation with switching different websites. But yeah, Wu Wee was a big hit. Let's hear about you. Let's hmm. table talk about what's been going on with you, unless you have any questions about Wu. I do, I do. I, I, I wanted to know Please. the player count, actually. Oh, that's a really good question. You can do a, a face-off with two players, but it goes from two to 12 players easily. Okay. Yeah, two to 12. Because when you said jungle speed, I was like, jungle speed's kind of good with like six. I know people have done bigger groups or fewer groups, but eh, maybe more like five. I don't know. I just kind of like... At least when I when I pick a game, it's very like, okay, if we have six people, these are the games that are best for six people. Yeah, yeah. There's there's other aspects of the game I didn't mention too. There's these power cards, which is what really makes it stand out. Like Party Time is a card that comes out. And when that comes out, it is as if everybody's card matches. So everyone's racing. But even better is the Wonder Twins card. Because when that comes out, it pauses the game and you have to step one touch someone's hand so both of you are connected with one hand and then you have to hit a wonder twin card which is already down on the table so that's crazy fun and that's where it gets ridiculous because then there's this human pretzel above the whole table people reaching over and freaking out give me your hand <laughs> give me your hand it's pretty amazing anyway hmm. but i'm biased yeah but it, it seemed to be a big hit at these icebreaker parties all right yeah cool uh well i haven't been playing anything recently uh which is which is terrible right because i'm tr doing a board game yeah. podcast and i'm not playing uh, board game. you're contractually obligated to be playing games on a regular basis that's true yeah and that is what i want to be doing i've just been so busy lately 
I have I had a game that I had an experience I never really got to share with anyone. So I was like, well, why don't I share it now? Because I'm sure I'm going to be playing next something next week, and then I can talk about that, and that's fine. So uh, a couple months ago, uh, This American Life put out uh, an episode about diplomacy. It's a good show. I, yeah. You're, I mean, you're not a fan of uh, This American Life? It's number one in iTunes for reasons. I just don't dig it. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but go on. You want to talk about diplomacy, not right. the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So This American Life put out an uh, episode on diplomacy, which is really cool because that was like something that like I knew before I went in. It was well produced, and I feel like I would like This American Life if it had more stuff like that. But anyways... So I, I listened to the whole thing, and it got me really excited because I only, prior to that, played Diplomacy once, and that was the first week I got it, and I took it to a bunch of uh, friends, and for the most part, everyone liked it, and one person was a little bit sour that kind of ended the game early, but that's okay because Diplomacy takes a really long time, and it's just like, okay, well, let's just end it, and it's late. No big deal. So I was like, you know what would be great because this game lasts so long? For for our listeners, if you haven't played Diplomacy, it was it's a very old game. I think it was made in like 1950. 47 or 54 should we try the elevator pitch yeah yeah <laughs> all right cool all right so the elevator pitch is this kind of thing we talked about in episode one if we should explain games to our listeners or not and sean said no don't do that because a lot of people should play it but as we're going to talk about in our next segment we got some feedback if you haven't played the game you're totally lost so we're going to split the difference and how much time do you want name between 10 and 30 seconds. How give much me, time do you want for this? Give me like 20 seconds. I think I can do it. You ready? Here, yeah. you get in the elevator. I don't know this game. You got to teach me this game before I get to my floor. And bing! All right. So Diplomacy is a very old board game about uh, war, but more specifically about talking to other people. So think of it like Risk, except there are no dice. There are no uh, little units. You're, well, there are units you move around, but uh, there are the seven countries in World War II. You're randomly assigned a country. Your job is to take over a certain 20 amount of, seconds. <laughs> your job is to take over a certain amount of territories, and you do that by every round by talking and negotiating, and then uh, everyone writes down their plans at the same time everyone reveals Sorry, it. Sorry, this is my floor. I gotta go, man. <sighs> Sorry. Everyone but... reveals it, and uh, you perform the actions, and then you rinse and repeat until the game is over, which is It's getting awkward. This is my floor. I gotta get off, man. <laughs> Come on, I, I gotta... My wife and kids are waiting for... Anyways, Sorry. <laughs> Cool. All right. So, Do you think I summed it up okay? I think so. You, The main bullet points you hit were at the end there, and I was doing my douchebag thing once again and interrupting you at the most <laughs> important part. Because what diplomacy is definitely most famous for is the negotiating and the backstabbing. And, yes. Yeah, it's, the social rapport. That some people uh, say that it ends friendships. Right. And we talked about that in episode two about friendship burning because of these type of things. Yes. So. Please tell me about your diplomacy experience. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, I I listened to this American Life episode. I got like a really like I want to play diplomacy right now. So I was like, the only way I can really do this and make sure that it works is I could probably do it at work. And I read a lot of other threads of people doing it at their office with their coworkers, and. That that seemed to work. Like every lunch break, you perform a season. There's two seasons in a year. The cool thing about this story that you're telling is we prefaced it with this game can end friendships. 
but these coworkers aren't my friends. Like, who are you going to be spending more time with, coworkers or friends? Right. You freaking live with your coworkers. So, anyways, <laughs> I'm just saying, sounds horrible. Right. I love this story. Keep going. So, seven people. So, me, two of my friends that I actually work with and play games outside of work. Uh, another friend who uh, never spends time with me outside of work, but that's fine. So that's four. Uh, my boss, and then, uh, <laughs> and then two other people that are like I'm cool with that work, but like I wouldn't say we're friends outside of work. So that, that there you're seven. And so I explained the rules. I printed out little like bullet sheets of like here are like really basic tips if you're confused. Because so so every lunch we planned that we were going to write down our actions. And that we were going to put them into a, a hidden ballot. And at the end of the day, we would do our actions and I'll go home. And we figured the game would last like, you know, two or three weeks. But, you know, it wouldn't, you know, just on your lunch, just write down your actions and then we do it at the end of the day. And so everyone was totally down. Everyone got the rules. Everyone seemed pretty excited. I randomly assigned countries. I was assigned to Austria, uh, which is... Put another strip on the Barbie. I'm with you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in diplomacy, Austria is kind of a weird country to start at because it's in a corner and really you have to either make allies with. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I was Turkey. My mistake. I was Turkey, which is in the corner. So Austria is stuck between or Turkey is stuck between Austria and Russia. Here's you don't geography. have to feel bad about this, by the way, SBJ, because we're Americans. Yes. And as Americans, we don't have to worry about any other country but our own, unless you're playing diplomacy. So you don't have to be ashamed. But this is, yeah. The so I, uh, I made a deal with Russia, and I I said, look, I'm in it for the long haul. Not going to screw you over. And I made a fake deal with Austria, and I screwed Austria over, and I got a bunch of people to screw Austria over as well. Please tell me Austria was your boss. No, Austria was my boss was actually on the other side of the map, which was great because he kept trying to make deals. And I was like, look, man, we're nowhere near each other. Even if I wanted to help you, I can't. So Russia, very, very paranoid the entire game. Uh, surprisingly, did not turn on me. Germany did turn on me when I uh, screwed over Austria, but he kind of knew it was coming. I did try to save Germany because my boss and another coworker like formed a, like a power pack uh, near Britain and was coming over. But yeah, it was it was it was interesting because while there were no hurt feelings, you could definitely tell that Austria was like, "I saw this coming and I'm really annoyed at you guys," kind of thing. But at the same time, it was it was like, "Well, we have to do this, right?" Uh, diplomacy puts you in this weird position where you have to make choices that are super hard, otherwise no one else can win or the game would be an entire stalemate and i can't think of many games that force your hand like that <laughs> uh that's diplomacy man i'm not sure <laughs> what to tell you there uh so what was the general feeling around the office then uh so yeah so this is the crazy thing uh it took over our life at the office it didn't just become lunchtime. And... No, no, it would be so like most of us would go to lunch at like 1230 because we, we came in a little later and all of a sudden like at 1230 instead of going to lunch, we were writing orders or discussing. And so lunch got pushed back to like 1, 115, 130 because there was so much discussion. And then when my boss called me in the office, it was like, is this about work or is this about diplomacy? Because I need to get in the right mindset. Oh, man. Before I go in. I, I wish someone was doing research on the productivity of where you work during your game of diplomacy <laughs> to see if it helped or just totally burned the company to the ground while you guys were doing this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think a lot of people 
left the game with super hard feelings, but it was the game probably lasted over a month. Yeah, it, it destroyed productivity. It, we ended. <laughs> uh, we kind of ended at uh, me winning because I did have the most countries at the end, and it was the entire time. It kind of it, it did come down to four countries, and somebody was very like somebody was like, if you screwed over Russia right now, you would absolutely win the game. And I was like, you're right, but I'm not doing that because I told the dude I was in it for the long haul, so I would rather draw the game longer and make sure that you two are eliminated before I pull the trigger on Russia. And we never got to that point, and it was fine because I felt like that experience was done. But it was crazy because uh, more coworkers wanted to be like, okay, when when can I get into the next game of Diplomacy? Because <laughs> everyone around the office was watching the map, and we would take, we would, like, take pictures of the map uh, every night just to make sure that no one was cheating or no one was moving anything around. And so if you have a really cool office environment, I would recommend playing Diplomacy. You would, unless you are the main employer of everyone working that at office, unless you're the manager whose job it is to make sure productivity is still going on. Wow. That's amazing. So you were the mastermind behind this, yeah? So you yeah. organized it? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I organized it, and uh, I, I, I've brought in board games from time to time to work, like Love Letter or Werewolf and... Definitely everyone kind of gets a kick out of it because it's games they've never really seen. And my boss kind of was like all for it because he loves Coup, just loves it. Oh, wow. So when I was like, hey, we can do this game on lunch, he was he was definitely all for it. And I don't think if he I don't think he ever got mad or annoyed that like the game kind of consumed people because he was having so much fun himself. Right. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was cool. Like it was an experience that I probably would have never got with Diplomacy. Because I don't, like, kind of once somebody experiences diplomacy, they kind of know right away if they want to play it again or not. Yeah, absolutely. So my question for you then is, because I, I think this is a compliment to you. A compliment to you is, you organized this so everyone understood this is, you know how to play this game, you're the rule master, you know what's going on probably better than anyone else but people weren't ganging up on you. There was no fear of you winning. And I think that's a huge compliment to your diplomacy skills, both in the game and outside the game, your actual diplomacy skills. Yeah. And, and the fact that you're just a nice guy. I don't know, because I feel if situations were reversed, if I was, hey, let's have this, let's have this game, a lot of people would think, hey, don't trust Alan, because <laughs> number one, he's a douche. And number two, uh, he's the one hosting this game, so he's our biggest threat. Yeah, I think... I think what really helped is that I was in a corner um, and I wasn't like in the middle of the board. And it's not like I like rigged the system. Like everyone saw me roll the numbers random and assign. Gotcha. So I think that that was kind of my advantage. But it was it was weird because like Germany would come up to me and say like, oh, I want to attack Europe. I'm just or not Europe. <laughs> Germany would come up to me and say, oh, I want <laughs> that <attack."> Germany, <laughs> Germany <laughs> with that lust. I want to attack Britain. Like, what? how would I write my orders to make sure that I could properly do that? And I was like, well, you just told me your strategy, but really that has nothing to do with me because I'm on the other side of the map. But this is how you would properly do it, and this would be my suggestion if you want to look forward to the next turn. Gotcha. Which, I mean, I guess if you really think about it, like, that would happen in real war, right? You would, even if the country couldn't support you, you would probably still want to ask for their advice. But did they do it directly and what they want to do? Or was it this vague, ambiguous, 
kind of third person like, hey, psychologist, I don't have this problem, <laughs> but I have a friend who has another friend that they don't really like so much. And I don't know what they should do. Not me, them. Did they even do it like that in a third person type of way? Sometimes they didn't. Sometimes they didn't. Okay. I guess it was like it was diplomacy has a, this thing where it just makes everyone so paranoid. Like, and it's it's that type of game that even when you're not playing it. So even like during the normal office hours, like people were still like super paranoid all the time and like once I like when I would go over to the other dude that was working on the website and talk to him he would like I'm like I'm asking you a serious work question and all of a sudden he'd be like so what do you think is going to happen in the fall <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome hey uh you've got a call in line one yeah sure I do <laughs> oh okay yeah the the uh, I think there was like a loss of hope near the end of the game because like there were like rumors like all around the office of like people not even playing the game. They were like, do you hear like Russia's going to turn on Turkey this turn? And it was like, I just, t I went to lunch with Russia. Like I know they're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm jealous of your work life a little bit. Yeah. Incredible. Hey, for sake of time, we should probably move on to the next segment. Yeah? <laughs> we probably should. I didn't think my diplomacy story would last so long, but Hey, in my opinion, it's a good story. Yeah, so, yeah. I figured it happened a bit ago, but I figured I would tell it because it's worth telling. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to tell you about the game thingy, but next time. Next. All right. All right. We'll save it for next time. Uh, so let's get into uh, the feedback we got. So uh, iTunes episode is up. It's up on Stitcher Radio. If that's where you want to listen, it's also up on SoundCloud. So three places you can listen to uh, the show. Obviously, you're listening to it now because you're hearing us talk. Yeah. But... Good work. Congrats. <laughs> Uh, we got some uh, user feedback, and uh, for the first time, Alan and I got into a little bit of a disagreement over it. Oh yeah, you're going down. No, it's not like that. <laughs> which which was cool because like it was cool that I was able to be open and you were just as open right away. Yeah, yeah. We should talk about it in our next segment uh, entitled "Interaction Satisfaction." For now, <laughs> I love how you like give all the segments subtitles. Howdy. It's time for Interaction Satisfaction. Shoot us your emails, your comments, or your questions. We'll do our best to answer them. I want people to get excited. So they're like, people, I want people, this is in my crazy mind, in the future, someone will say, hey, in your next episode, could you have interaction satisfaction, yo? That's what I really want. Or, hey, less table talk and more kick farters. You know, something like that. I don't know. So, all right. All right. Well, all right. Uh, why don't you start off? Because, yeah, I don't, I, why don't you start off? Okay. Brian Kerrigan. This is through Facebook, by the way, for me. So people contact me personally on Facebook. Brian Kerrigan uh, sent me a message saying that he really enjoyed the episode but he was bummed that I added a disclaimer from episode one about the murder joke because the joke would have been funnier had I not spoiled it and just basically said, this is a joke and obviously you should know we're joking. Maybe we shouldn't joke about murder. That was one uh, feedback he provided. So that's Brian Kerrigan. Thanks. Uh, I also got another. I think. Yeah, go for it, please. I, I had somebody uh, mention that. They were like, oh, like this took a weird, unexpected turn. 
And I was like, yeah, like when they were, when they, when you guys were doing it and you did it so naturally. So I have to give you props for that. I was like, man, like, like clearly they've, they've done a lot of like D and D or role playing that it just kind of fit. And I feel like if there was, if we did a segment where there would be certain situations we'd have to act out at the end, like that would have been perfect if the listener knew going in that it was like a role playing segment. Right. Yeah, and I, I felt worried that people would just be confused about it, so that's why I backed out. And to be fair, these are people that know me on Facebook, so they had some background. I also got an opposing opinion from Anonymous that didn't like my take on me saying rules should be constructed with the idea of, is this rule adding fun or is it taking away fun? And someone said, no, rules should just make for a tighter, cleaner game. And I asked them, do you mean it should be a tighter, cleaner game, even at the sacrifice of fun? And they said, yes, absolutely. (laughs) So I think this is just a philosophy difference. And I have one really good friend where she adamantly says, well, we're just different. I play a game to win. You play games to have fun. Hmm. So, hey, you know, to each their own, I guess. Yeah. What about some feedback? Because I have like three more bits of feedback. What about you? What do you got? Uh, I had um, some feedback that the show uh, sounded very well. Cool. So that was that was good. I had some that they preferred us getting getting to know us better through our experiences in games like that's just like what I just talked about diplomacy. You kind of got to know how my office environment was and how right. I connected with that. So the end segment, which we've been doing where we ask each other questions to get to know each other. They thought that was a little stale and a little un- unconstructed. Yeah, I can definitely agree with the unconstructed part <laughs> because we're definitely just trying to find our place in this crazy podcast land of Tuesday night podcast. So I totally feel that. And that's a really good point. I like it. I do like the idea of being able to ask each other one question. So I think what we agreed upon backstage, as I'll call it, meaning without recording is if we do this segment again, it'll be one prepared question each. So we'll go into it already knowing our question and hopefully the question will be fun. Cool. Um, I like that. All right. So I had a comment from Tina Vo and she wanted a guest walk on. She liked the show so much. She wanted a guest walk on, but she said she doesn't even have to talk. So I invited her over. So there's Tina. Tina, thanks for coming. (laughs) All right. See you later, Tina. There you go. Yay. Yeah, that was a cool walk on. Uh, Do you want to get into the meat of the argument here? Yes. (laughs) Let's, let's do it. Go for it. So this is, this is for our listeners. Uh, Wait, how do I want to phrase this? So, uh, so I feel like I have a very different audience, and obviously, uh, and you I have and a Sean very different audience. Have yes. a very different audience. So we're just trying to appeal to everyone, and we're uh, obviously trying not to make a product that is offensive or turns anyone off. We're just trying Agreed. to have fun. I think we're doing a good job of that. Oh, thanks. So this is this was one directed right at you. Um, yeah. I did find Alan's humor a bit abrasive, just because he seems kind of confident and. He said some some things that were on the crude side, and that just put me off. Yeah, so I'll, I'll totally address that, and we can just have this natural granite conversation, even though we're at the 30-minute mark already. Uh, so 
I totally agree with you. I definitely don't want to offend anybody in that way. And it's probably in reference to the super blow Jay remark. And I tried explaining too that I come from a pretty crude background. Uh, also raised in Cleveland. Swearing's a big part of our culture. <laughs> I'm going to spit on my water. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but yeah, the thing is, is there's definitely a balance to it. I, th- I think my humor may be crude. I'd like to think it's not unintelligent because there's this argument of intelligent humor and easy jokes. But I think there's a big difference between like sexual humor, potty humor, and also direct offense humor. Mm-hmm. Offense at you're directly attacking someone else. Uh, and you had mentioned in our conversation backstage uh, about using the terms like gay or retarded in an offensive way. And I thoroughly believe that I wouldn't go into those depths. But at the same point, some people may be offended with references to oral sex or bathroom humor, things like that. And so I think there's a tough balance going on because on one side, we want to make sure we respect where everyone's coming from and Mm -hmm. want people to enjoy the show. But I think a big part of the show is also not having to censor ourselves too much and being our natural self. Yeah. Uh, especially since we do this podcast right after work and I come from my job where I have to filter myself. <laughs> so when I come here, I definitely just want to talk to my friends, SBJ and Sean. Yeah. So and, I had, I had uh, to, to piggyback off that, I had another listener say that they were uh, hesitant to listen to the show because it had the explicit tag and that they were relieved that it wasn't just a swearing of a storm, <laughs> which, which is which. Which I, I I had that understanding, and I did tell you guys that the explicit tag could turn off a lot of people. Yeah, and it should though, because I know that if it fits and it flows, I may not even realize I'm doing it. I'm not as bad as my father, but <laughs> sometimes I'm gonna say ass for instance, and I almost feel uncomfortable saying it right there because it wasn't in some type of context. Yeah, but I usually don't say but or buttocks. Or, right. Yeah. So uh, it, it, that's an interesting thing there. How do you feel about it, though? Because you come from a different background, I think, than I do. Yeah, yeah. I come. I'm. I'm very picky with content on the internet, and I think I have. I think a lot of people like. If you're not picky, you should like have the mindset that you should be, because there is so much content out there. Yeah. So like, if I watch like a Twitch streamer, I can know within like the first you know two minutes if if there's somebody if if like oh. And I don't really like the way they they approach things or talk to people or interact. So I can just move on because I know there's something somebody else. And so when you're like hosting a podcast or you're thinking about it, you're like, okay, I don't want to turn off anyone, especially if this is their first episode or their second, because they they can easily just find another podcast and move on. And then we've lost that. Person. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. What, what I was trying to explain to you is like, I love a poop joke as much as the next guy. Don't get me wrong. But uh, would I tell that? So if I have an interaction with my friend uh, at the office and I tell him a poop joke and he's laughing and I'm laughing, we're having a good time. Does that story hold up when I tell it to my girlfriend when I get home? Probably not. She's probably not going to think it's funny because it was in the moment kind of thing. And so that's where I was trying to say, like, if the humor was only not, poop jokes, right? Yeah, then it would be perfect. But like, does that humor? So when you're thinking in a podcast sense, like a lot of people are going to listen to this and hopefully 
and I've seen it from before. I've listened to podcast the same episode once or twice or two two or three times because I really liked it or there there was something that was really like educational there and I wanted to make sure that I got it all. And it's the same with TV episodes. Like I've watched reruns of The Simpsons and stuff and it's like, okay, that poop joke definitely worked the first time and it might work for, you know, 20% of the people, but is it going to work again when they re-listen to it? Whereas a more natural joke that we've had in between just recording, like that will probably hold up. So that was kind of my only argument, if that makes any sense or holds any water. I think it makes absolute sense. I think your argument is definitely what's longer lasting and what's more intelligent. And I, I definitely don't want anyone to feel bad about finding something funny that they do. Because I think one of the biggest disservices that someone can do is making someone feel bad about something that they enjoy when realistically it isn't hurting anyone. You could argue that watching The Bachelor is the bane of society and that you're contributing to the decrepitude of society if you're enjoying The Bachelor television show. But I think that's a bit of a stretch. I think, hey, if someone's really enjoying it, let them enjoy. But I will say this, and I want this to be really clear to you and to like the listeners. I definitely am not above being educated because my humor just in the last five years has really changed a lot. I, I've definitely become more sensitive. And a lot of times it takes someone calling you out and saying, hey, man, that may have seemed funny to you. But it was really offensive to me and possibly other people. And this is why. And it's eye opening, like, oh, my goodness, I didn't even realize that standpoint. And I've actually had that conversation because I'm a big proponent for the LGBTQ community. Uh, it's part of my job, but that's another story for another day. But I used to be one of these guys that used gay as a reference, oh man, that's so gay, without even realizing it and not understanding that if there was someone within earshot that heard that, that was on the cusp of being comfortable and not feeling comfortable about their own uh, sexual preference identity, they would err on the side of not speaking out. That shied them away from comfort and they're going to err on the side of discomfort because even though maybe I meant it harmlessly, there's no guarantee that I didn't. Like maybe mm -hmm. I do have maybe even these unconscious feelings. And that was a great educational moment for me. And so not just five years ago, that that example was years ago, I realized, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. That's insensitive. So yeah, if, if I'm doing something wrong, and if you can tell me why a reference to oral sex is really maybe a trigger for someone or really uncomfortable, I'll definitely be more cautious about it in the future. Because I want us to have fun. I want us to be comfortable. And I think that's the balancing act is the balancing act is we all want to be comfortable and be able to say what we want, but at the same time, we don't want to piss each other off either. So yeah. is what I'm saying offending not just SBJ or other listeners, or is me feeling like I have to censor myself offending me? So I think that's a balancing, and yeah. I think we'll find our the water will find its natural level. Yeah, and, and we said prior to the show that we we're probably overthinking the feedback that we've gotten on just yeah. one episode. Yeah. But yeah. I thought it... it I, I thought it was good to talk about because even though it's not directly related to tabletop, it's related to how we want the rest of this podcast to go because we're both in it for the long haul. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's cool too. Cause our first few episodes, the content will be about tabletop games and what the hell are we doing? <laughs> how do we make this podcast happen? Cool. We still can't seem to keep this uh, near 30 minutes. No, not at all. I'm sorry, man, but I had a good time.
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we'll skip our questions because I really yeah. think we just learned a lot about each other right there. Absolutely. Let's do what's organic. Uh, so uh, where, Alan, where can they find you? They can find me on Facebook. I'm Alan Gerding, G-E-R-Ding, D-I-N-G. And on Twitter, I'm at Alan Gerding. <laughs> so same thing. Or you can always check us out at TuesdayNightGames.com. Send us emails like contact at TuesdayNightGames.com. We're all ears. Cool. Uh, you can uh, find me on Twitter. It is at Dragging a Lake. And uh, if you're liking what you're hearing so far, you should head over to iTunes and leave us a review. And let us know what you think, or better yet, like let us know what games you like to play in the review. That would be cool. Yeah, give us some direction. <laughs> Please, <Bring it>. direction. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, right. Did we have? Did we have an outro? I, I, I felt like Sean had a really good outro last week, and I can't remember like, it. And the show is done. Very cool. <laughs>